The Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. Mark, chapter 7, and verse 31. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. Reading again from verse 31. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. And he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened. Hallelujah. And the impediment of his tongue was loose. Hallelujah. And he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Hallelujah. The same Jesus is able to make all things well in our lives. The same Jesus is able to make all things well in our lives. So that we will be astonished beyond measure. This is the word of the Lord that the Holy Spirit has recorded. In these few verses from Mark chapter 7, the Lord is showing plainly that He has the power to unstop our ears. He has the power to touch our tongues so that we can hear from heaven because that man heard the voice of the Son of God. Whatever was blocking his ears from hearing God's voice was taken away. The creator of the universe was standing in front of him. Satan had blocked his ears. And the last thing the devil would have ever desired is that that man who was deaf should hear the voice of Jesus Christ. But that day, he heard the voice of the Son of God. That man could not praise God. The devil had control of his tongue. But Jesus does not want anyone to be in bondage. The Lord does not want anyone to be prevented from singing praise to God. And he is here. The same God who did this 2,000 years ago. The same God is more than enough for every single need we have, every distress, every burden, every lie of Satan. Because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
The devil is meant to go when Jesus shows up. But we need to connect with the Lord. I'm going to read this again. Let the word of God, your word is a light unto my path. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's the same word that created the universe. The same word. In the beginning was the word. This logos, the word that God spoke, and he said, light, shine out of darkness. Something that never existed. This is what God does in our lives. He takes all our fears and he transforms us to a point we never thought possible because he is Almighty God. That man would have never dreamed, nor his family, nor the whole town. And that too, in a region where the Son of God was not so well known. It was a Gentile territory. These people had their own gods. But the compassion of Jesus took him to cross that whole area of Galilee to go right to Tyre and Sidon because he knew somebody needed him. He also knew that this man who he led aside to perform this wonder would not resist him. He couldn't speak, he couldn't hear, but nonetheless his faith was getting stirred all the while. See, the Lord didn't come and say, be free, and then walk away. Let's read this again. Let the Spirit of God speak to us again from verse 31. Departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, God wants to go to your family who doesn't know Him. Hallelujah. Because Jesus cares, Jesus loves. Hallelujah. Those who are sitting in darkness, who belong to our family, they're worshiping idols. God wants to set them free. Hallelujah. Jesus cares. He's willing to cross over whatever he needs to, just to set the captives free. Hallelujah. But somebody needs to believe. Hallelujah. Someone needs to beg him, cry out to Jesus. Otherwise, that man would have remained dumb and deaf. They heard about Jesus. And they said, Lord, we're pleading with you, please set this man free. And the Lord was willing and able, and he did. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. They had faith. They knew from hearing about all that the Lord did in his country, that is, the region of the Jews. There, in another area, where they could have easily said, he is Jewish. He doesn't really care about us. We are marginalized. Nobody cares, really. 
we are segregated. We have our own people. We have our own gods. But all they had to do was hear that Jesus Christ is doing miracles on the other side. By the hearing of the word, some people in this dark region, Gentile region, worshipping demons, their ears perked up and their spirits were quickened to have enough faith that all that they heard on the news about Jesus Christ, that when he had come into the region, they knew. If he can do it there, he can do it here in our country. We need to have faith. Because they had faith, they went and talked to him. Because they had faith, they persisted and pleaded with him. And the Lord saw the faith. And he said, I'll do it. Hallelujah. God cares to cross over to our side. God cares to hear anyone and everyone, anywhere, anytime, who has faith in Him. All they had to do is say, Jesus, would you do something for Him? We're begging you, Lord. He can't hear. He can't speak. Oh, God, help Him. Today, we have people who have compassion, but they don't know the power that Jesus has. And so they're left to deal with whatever they're facing, left to their own devices, and all they can do is hope for the best. In other words, whatever happens is going to happen. We just have to do what? Cope. But the Son of God never came to help us only to cope. He brought hope for freedom from that bondage. Hallelujah. God has set people free over and over and over again. Whatever we're facing, the same Jesus is more than enough to set us free. Let's read the Word of God from verse 31. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of the capitalists to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf. That means no physician in the region could do anything for this man's deafness. He was assigned and consigned to a whole world of no normal communication. It's one thing not to be able to hear. It's another thing not to be able to speak. But when the combination of those two dreadful things are there, the person is looked upon as less than a human being many times. How's that? And the burden comes down upon not only the person, but the family, the community, and the person becomes stereotyped. That's the man that can't hear. Why? We don't know. Maybe somebody sinned. That's the man that can't speak. 
How did it happen? We don't know. Maybe some evil spirit came and they have bad luck. This is what the world says. When they look at people who are less than able than the rest of the population, when they look at people who are oppressed, they say, this person is not as good as the next person. How the heart, oh, how the heart of Jesus breaks when he hears those things. Because he has made every single human being in his own image. Every single person, the Lord says, is valuable to him. And when the devil comes and oppresses a person, the Lord says, I can set you free. But the Lord works by faith in what he has said. He said, at least believe me for the work's sake. There were people in this region, they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. There are people who are given therapy. Speech therapy. People who are deaf are taught sign language. People who are blind are taught to feel their way around the room, around the corridors, and their sense of hearing, if they can hear, becomes very acute, and they're able to manage. And they're taught Braille. This is the world that they're confined to. But Jesus says, I can come and do a miracle. Is it possible in today's world when you have so many people stricken with disabilities and trouble, is Jesus still able to deliver? Is the Lord still able to do a miracle? Yes. Hallelujah. Because his power has not diminished. He is the same, the Bible says. The same Jesus we've seen in the Gospels is the actual same Jesus today and forever will be the same Jesus, full of compassion, full of healing virtue, full of determination that I will set the captives free. Who? The ones who will believe in my name. Hallelujah! Believe in my name. Believe in the Word of God. The Word of God. No matter what, I choose to trust in the Word of the living God. Hallelujah! He alone can set the captives free. They heard. They chose to believe. You see? We have a choice. God will give us every grace we need to reach out and touch the hem of His garment, but we have to do the reaching out. Hallelujah! We have to do the reaching out. The Lord is there and the Lord is here. And He says, I can do what I did before. But will you believe me? What is stopping you from believing me? Or will you go back and forth? We need to be led by the Spirit of God. We have to say, Lord, whatever route you're taking me through, for whatever reason I'm going through the valley, whatever reason the tears have come into my life, the uncertainty, the fear, the depression and discouragement, Lord, I don't know 
everything, Lord. But I know one thing. You are able to lift me up out of this valley. Hallelujah. That I can be with you on the mountain and see your glory. And from the mountain, shout it out to the world. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus heals. Hallelujah. The dead shall be raised at the sound of his voice. Hallelujah. Even today. Even today. Even today. Hallelujah. That's the truth. Do you choose to believe that Jesus can set you free from your problem? Hallelujah. I believe. I believe. We have seen too much of Jesus' power, too much of his love, to have any excuse not to believe. These people were sitting somewhere else all the way in that northwestern part by the sea. They were not even Jewish. God cares for the whole world. He came through Israel to do what? To save Jew and Gentile. Every single human being is eligible, hallelujah, not only for salvation, but for freedom from demonic torment. Hallelujah. Freedom from disease. Hallelujah. He died to set me free. Not to keep me in bondage and give me a religion. He died to set me free so I can live for him and worship him. What a transformation. That water, tasteless and colorless, at the word of the Lord Jesus, when they obeyed, that water was transformed to the sweetest, best wine they ever tasted. And that wine was not alcoholic. It was a sweet, grape juice. And they couldn't believe it. They wondered, where did you get this from? That's what God will say to Everyone, when they see what God has done for us, your family, the community, strangers, they'll say, how did this happen? We've never seen something like this. How can you take a person who's weighed down by so much depression because of problems, problem after problem after problem, and it seems as if the whole world is enjoying freedom, this man who is blind and deaf, that is deaf and mute, this man could have thought, Lord, I'm the unlucky one. Am I not? Everybody can hear. Everybody can speak. Some people think that today. They may not be deaf, but they have trouble understanding. They may not be mute, but they have trouble expressing themselves. And it's a burden. They go around feeling nervous. There's an element of fear. Never free. The Lord says, I want to set you free from that. Hallelujah. That you can walk in the confidence of the Savior and know when you ask the Lord, Lord, help me to communicate the way you want me to. That's all I want, Lord. And that is exactly what God wants for our lives.
to be able to speak words of encouragement, words of love, but words of truth. We can talk like Jesus. The Lord is not partial. He's not one who says, I have all the power and I have all of the righteousness. He said, I want to give it to you. I want you to be just like me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I don't know if you can understand the magnitude of such a promise from the scriptures. See, it's one thing to be set free from a couple of ailments. That can mean the whole world to someone. To be cured from a disease that is so dreadful. And what happens to the human mind? The moment the diagnosis comes, the moment the symptom comes, the human mind immediately starts looking down that road that has been paved by the devil to say, this is the next thing that's going to happen to you. And after that, this is going to happen to you. It's going to take you all the way to kill you. Oh no! In the name of Jesus! Jesus says, I can heal you right now! So your future doesn't have to be what the devil says. Your future is bound up in me. It's about life and that more abundantly. Hallelujah! If we believe, God will use the very sickness to be a platform when we're healed to tell the whole world, no more brain fog. Hallelujah! God has set me free. What medication did you use? Stripes of Jesus. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. He's the medicine for my soul and for my body. Simple faith. Simple faith. There's nothing else but simple faith. These people were not educated. They weren't in the synagogue. They were somewhere else. They were Gentiles. They didn't have the privilege of being taught the Torah. The Pentateuch. All they did was, while they were fishing or doing whatever they are doing by the sea, with their idols, look at the love of God. He didn't come and give them a lecture. He didn't say, well now, first you have to go through Bar Mitzvah. You have to go through all of the Jewish rituals and then I'll talk to you. No. They heard, Jesus can heal. Jesus can set people free. He did it over there. He's in town today. Hallelujah. He's in this house today. Hallelujah. If you believe, God will heal you today in this house. And all those who are watching, in the name of Jesus, today, 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 not tomorrow, today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. These people have heard. And they said, Lord, we have a deaf man in our midst. We have a man who can't speak. Oh God, we feel sorry for him. You see, if they didn't have that burden, they would have never bothered. How much burden do we have for those in our circle who are not saved? Those who are bound? You see, there are people who are not saved, and we know it. They may think they're saved, but according to the word, according to their actual speech and their lifestyle, they're not saved. So where do they go if they're not saved? Where the unsaved go? God's will is not that any should perish. Amen? The great compassionate God says, Will you have a burden? Will you stand in the gap? Will you cry out like they did for this man? Lord, I'm not going to stop weeping in your presence. 
Lord, if you tap me at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll get on my knees in my room, Lord, and cry out for the salvation of my loved ones. Amen? God sees that. But who is bothering to do that? Many times, that's the reason why the Spirit of God is not operating in the lives of our loved ones. We have given up. Sometimes we can get burdened and tired. We can say, Lord, it's been such a long time. Lord, I don't even know how to break through to them. Their souls set in their ways and they get angry if I tell them that you need to turn to the Lord. You can pray. One thing the devil can never take away from you, even if you're under persecution, even if they take you to the lions, they can't take away your prayer life. Hallelujah. No one can touch your communication with God. Hallelujah. Only you can stop your communication with God. And that communication is power. It has enough power to pull down strongholds. Hallelujah. To pull down all kinds of operations of Satan. The Lord is able to draw our spirits to cry out to Him and say, Lord, I know you can do this. Lord, one more time, Lord. I might have been, might have been praying for 20 years. But you know what? God sees what we can't see. 19 years of prayers is building up. 20 years, and it may be the first day of the 21st year that heaven opens up. All of a sudden, a sweeping revival, and your loved ones say, I've got to give my heart to the Lord. I've heard it many, many, many times. They can't explain it. They say, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, I know I need Jesus. All that preaching didn't do anything to you? Somebody's prayer, combined with the Word, put the fear of God in them. They said, I can't go like this. I know. If I refuse a Savior, have you ever heard that? People have said, I know if I would have refused them that day, I would have died and gone to hell. Who gives that conviction? The Spirit of God. When somebody stood in the gap. When somebody said, I have compassion on my loved ones. The Lord said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't want to perish in a fire, and you make sure you know where the fire escape is, you hold on to that fireman when he comes, you're so desperate, I've got to live. I don't care if I have to go out in my pajamas at 3 o'clock in the morning. Who cares? I want to live. We're so desperate for life. The Lord said, if you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you'll be crying out for their soul as you do for your own soul. Amen? These people spoke. It says they heard, obviously, and they begged. What is begging Jesus? It's not begging where God will put up a front where he says, beg more, beg more, beg more. No, it talks about their desperation. The Lord saw the sincerity. The Lord saw the faith. You know what that means? These people are praying. Somebody says, well, I don't see them putting their hands together and saying, oh, Lord of the universe, Father of heaven and earth, God who has blessed your people. All they said was, Jesus, please help this man. That was prayer. Because that was God standing in front of them. Amen? Whenever we talk to God, we're praying. These people are praying. Who taught them how to pray? They didn't have to learn how to pray. God looks at our condition. He knows the best we can do and He'll take it. Amen? He's so good. He's so good. They just cried out to Him. Crying out to Jesus is one step. 
but it must be accompanied with faith. There's some people who say, I've been praying and praying and praying for years, but if God should show how much faith they had when they prayed every time, perhaps it would have been absent for a lot of his prayers. What can faithless prayers do? Nothing. Why? Because it is denying the power of God. It's denying who God is. But simple faith that Jesus, you healed before, I'm working against my symptoms in the name of Jesus. I'm working against what I'm hearing from my relatives in the name of Jesus. I'm going to you in prayer and I know you can come through. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Awake, you who sleep, and Christ shall give you light. He will give you life. How does one awake? The Bible says we're all dead in trespasses and sins, but how do you awake if you're dead? We can't wake up by ourselves. We need the grace of God. When God says get up, that means he's given the grace to get up. At that point, it's up to us to get up. Amen? Just like in salvation, so with our healing, so with answers to prayer, today the grace of God is coming to you through the Word of God. And God says, are you praying like you should? Sometimes the prayer is just, God heal me. But you know, a person can be on the bus, on their way to the doctors, even with a grave illness, on the bus. Three words. God help me. Those three words, if faith is in every single word, those three words can bring the power of God into that body right there on the bus. To the point where when they go to the doctor, they will see the cancer is gone. Hallelujah! The diabetes is gone. Hallelujah! The deafness, the muteness, the blindness is gone. Hallelujah! Can he or can he not do it today? Is he or is he not the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Is he the same yesterday, today and forever? We've got to believe because the word doesn't lie. Our experience doesn't determine the truth of God's word. The truth of God's word determines our experience. Hallelujah. He can change everything. Hallelujah. But you know, a person that prays and prays and prays and even weeps, no faith. It's not that God doesn't listen, He doesn't look. He cares. He doesn't like it when we cry because He loves us. But He says, if you want your burden to be lifted, You've got to trust me. That when you pray, I'm listening to you. And I'm going to do something about your situation. As I said, sometimes God allows us to go through the valley. And we go through the valley and we are perplexed. We don't know what to do. And as I said, there's a set pattern that the devil has paved. That after this comes this, after this comes this, and you're going down the tube quick. That's the devil's plan. The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come to do the opposite, to give you life and that more abundantly. When we believe that word, we can do like this people. 
You see, in their minds, even though they couldn't articulate it, when they heard Jesus is in town, he's actually crossed the Jewish border and come to the Gentile territory, they were excited. They weren't cynical and suspicious. Why is he coming here? Is he going to pronounce judgment over here? Well, he had to in certain areas. But isn't it amazing? Even if the whole area is condemned, the one person that has faith, God will rescue them out of that place. Hallelujah. That's how it is in this world. The whole world will be destroyed. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's word. That's his promise. But the question is, how are we calling upon him? How are we praying? Number one, do we pray? Are we praying like we should? In a short time, these people showed persistence. You see the Lord, like the widow that came with the two mites? The Lord doesn't see as man sees. All those people came with lots and lots and lots of money and they put it in the offering. And the Lord is watching from a distance with the disciples. He said, look at that lady. See that old woman? See that widow? Look at her. I know how much she has. He's at a distance. How can he see that? Maybe she was like this. Nobody knows except her. And, and all inside that offering a receptacle for the treasury, she just dropped it. Nobody can see that. But the Lord saw it's about two pennies. See, if she had a whole bunch of bag of money, you can make an estimation. She just went like this. And she went like that. No one knew. But the Lord from far away, he said, I'm going to tell you exactly how much she put. He said, you know how much she put? They would have been astonished. Because they would have thought, you know, he's going to say that she put about one thousandth of what these people put. But he said, she put in more than all of them. That's what God sees. These people didn't pray an elaborate prayer. It's the power of faith. The power of faith that if we talk to God and we pray and we persist and we have faith that Lord, I'm not going to put half of my things on the altar concerning my family, my health, my future, and have a backup plan. Lord, I'm here to surrender everything. Hallelujah. I'm here to lay all on the altar, Lord. I tried it, Lord. I can't do it. Hallelujah. Lord, I should have listened to you from the beginning. Why did I waste my time, Lord? So much damage happens when we try to handle things on our own. And we are very quick to preach to the unsaved and say, you need Jesus. But the question God has for us is, how much of Jesus do you have? You say you have Jesus. How much of Jesus do you have? How much do you trust Him? Oh, Jesus, that we would live what we preach. Lord, I lay everything on the altar. Lord, I don't have a care in the world. I don't have a care in the world because I've handed everything over to you. When you give the keys of your house to a neighbor, when you go away, hopefully you have confidence that all that house the yard, the house, the fence, every single room, every single item in the house, the kitchen, the living room, all of the furniture, you expect that that neighbor would take care of it. That when you come back, you'll find everything just like it was. Imagine if a person gives the keys to the neighbor and says, 
I hope everything's going to be the same way. Is that confidence or doubt? We think, how could you have that doubt? Wouldn't your neighbor be offended? Or if you call your son or daughter and say, take care of my house, I'm going away, I'll come back. And in your mind you're thinking, I hope they don't see this in the house, because they may take it. What a, what a horrible way to live. This push and pull. Lord, you can have it. No, you can't. Lord, you can have my life. No, you can't. Lord, it's yours. It's mine. Okay, Lord, take half of it. We have to stop playing that game and say, God, take all of it. You belong, Lord, it belongs to you. Lord, you are for me and I am for you. Lay everything on the altar. These people didn't say, Lord, we tried this physician over there. Lord, we took this man, the family is so burdened, we took him to that witch doctor over there. They didn't have any words like that. They might have tried that. Anything is possible when you don't have God. People do all kinds of things, especially when they're desperate. They will go anywhere. They didn't bring all of that to him. These Gentiles said, Please, Lord, touch him. That woman in Mark chapter 5 that made her way to touch the hem of Jesus' garment had faith that when she touched it, just the hem of the garment, instantly she's going to receive the healing. The one who spent all her money on the physicians not only didn't get better or stay the same, she got worse. So she was truly a drop mark. But even though she was so low in her desperation, she had faith. You see, when the grace comes, when the grace comes with the Word of God, and that woman also, she heard. The Lord didn't go to her home and make an appearance. She heard about Jesus, and she said, I've got to get to see Him. I'm going. When she went, she had faith that if I, it was already premeditated, we need to talk to ourselves, not with our own words, but with the Word of God, that God said, if you believe me, you'll see the glory of God. We have to believe. This woman believed that and said within herself, If I may but touch the hem of this garment, I shall be made whole. She thought it. She didn't stop. When we hear the word of God, we still have a choice. We still have a choice to say, Lord, I know, but God, I hope so. Lord, can you take... I'm just asking, Lord, I just want a good night's rest. You know, some people say that. They shortchange themselves because of lack of faith. They may have a dreadful disease, but they say, Lord, I haven't slept. I just want to sleep. God understands. But He wants to do much more than that. Amen? He wants to get to the root cause and eliminate that because that's how powerful God is. How many times have you heard people who said, I had this, that, and the other thing. Depression, brain fog, and my nerves were out of control. God took all of it away. Hallelujah. God took all of it away. Why settle for less than the best when God says, I can work in your life? Now, the persistence needs to be there. Number one, we have to pray. Don't stop praying. Believe God. Keep praying. But remember to pray with faith. Because if the devil can attack your faith by tormenting you, then the answers won't come. 
But if we have learned to fight with the devil, and we know when he throws that jab, you know how to block it, and then counter it him with the word of God. Hallelujah. When he says, I'm bringing you down because I'm going to hurt you. He wants to inspire fear to say, if you speak against me, watch what I'm going to do. And then we start walking on eggshells. The Lord says, don't fear the enemy. Fear only God. When we counter the enemy and we say, God, I know in the name of Jesus that you're going to set me free. God will come through. They begged him. They prayed. They had faith. So these people had all the ingredients. You know another thing? The man who was taken by Jesus to the side. He also had faith increasing even as he walked with Jesus. How can our faith be increased? When we know from God's revelation, my faith is not where it should be. How long will we cry over that? To know that there's a problem and not know how to solve it is another burden altogether in itself. There's a frustration. But when I know if I walk with Jesus, my faith is going to rise. Hallelujah. That means even if I feel depressed, even if I feel lousy and I feel that I've committed all these sins against God and every time I go to God's presence, I have a guilt on me that I'm not really free. I may try to be, but I'm hung up on my path. God says, forget about it because my blood is able to cleanse you right now. Hallelujah. You can come brand new. Brand new. That's the love of God and the power of God. What a freedom to know I can go innocent before God. How can a man who committed crimes be innocent? The world will never let you get away with that. Neither will God. But then God paid the price. Hallelujah. He suffered the punishment for my crimes and your crimes. That's how we can be free. When we're free, we can have faith. But not before that. For the healing. For the rest of our lives. To come into line with God's will. Let's read this again. Let the word of God sink into our spirits. Mark chapter 7 verse 31. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon. Let every word touch your spirit. Think about it. The Lord Jesus came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. This whole area of Gentile territory. That's where he actually set that daughter free who was demon-possessed. When that woman came, again, another non-Jew, right there in that region of Tyre and Sidon. But he is still in this Gentile territory. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. And he spat and touched his tongue. Apparently, this wasn't shocking to the people. Because people, even the physicians, used to handle people. And when somebody's desperate, they're open to anything. But the Son of God did exactly what he saw the Father doing. 
what the father said to do, he did. So he took this man, the one who created the man's ears, the creator who made the man's ears. Now he didn't make him deaf. The devil had stopped those ears. God allowed it, but he came that day to set him free. He put his fingers in his ears. Can you imagine Jesus? If we are spiritually deaf, we say, Lord, I, I don't have faith to believe. Oh Lord, I have very little faith, Lord. When I hear the word, it's not sinking in. Oh God, what do I need to do, Lord? That when the word is spoken, it goes right to my spirit and produces a crop. I have some kind of blockage. We can cry out to God and say, Lord, unstop my ears. Amen? We can say, God, unstop my ears. I want faith to rise the way you meant it to. The Lord will put his fingers right into your ears. Just like the physical ears, the spiritual ears. Faith has ears, faith has eyes, but it needs to be unclogged. He took him aside from the multitude. Something very important. To be alone with God is something you can't compromise. You will never have power with God. You will never have faith rise like it should if you don't spend time alone with God. I want to explain that for a moment. It's very important. There's a, there's a subtlety in this. When we say, I, I'm praying to God, that's one thing. But when we say, I'm going alone to be with God, that's something else. We can go alone to be with God and pray. Or we can say, I'm going to pray while I'm washing the dishes, while I'm going to the supermarket. I'm going to pray with my family in the church. But you know what? Prayer and time for God is weaved in and worked into our busy schedule. And we are accommodating time with God, quote unquote, if and when it fits our busy schedule. If that's the way we live, we'll never have power with God. When I say I'm going alone to be with God, which means physically, physically, it may mean that someone who's so busy at a certain season in their lives, the only time they have alone is when they drive. God understands. But that time when you drive, if you're connecting with the Lord and pouring out your heart before the Lord and, and letting Him speak to you, that's solitude that is going to produce fruit. But when you know, just like you can get up and walk outside, just like you can get up and do something else, you're able to spend time alone for other activities, no matter what you do. There are times when you're alone. You may be alone reading a book. You may be alone uh, watching something on the computer or television. You may be alone um, just a hobby. Maybe you're fixing something. You see how sometimes we tell our family, I need my space, I need my time. Why? Every person needs that at some point or another. We need to think for ourselves, be able to regroup, be able to assess what's going on. Because when we have noise, we're not able to think properly a lot of times. God places a premium. He makes it important that we get along with God. 
When's the last time you were alone with God? Somebody said, I'm so busy, you don't understand. Jesus was more busy. But even if he had to give up sleep, nights on end, whole night is praying to the Father. Here's the discrepancy. We are hearing this and we say, I know about that. I know that he did that and I know it's good for me. And I'll try. We need to cross over from that position to I'm going to do it. And then do whatever is necessary to spend time alone with God. There's nothing that compares with being alone with God. And you know, initially the devil will fight you, first of all, for that time. He will fight you tooth and nail. Secondly, he'll say, okay, so you made your little niche in your schedule to be alone with God. Guess what? I'm going to bombard you with thoughts so you feel lousy after you tried it, that it's not working for me. We need to know the tactics of Satan. Because every step of the way, he'll try to resist you. But you need to have faith and say, I'm getting to Jesus no matter what. Maybe the first day I say, Lord, I'm just going to shut everything down. Maybe I'm going to walk outside. Maybe I'm going to be in my room. Lord, maybe I have to sit in my car. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm just sitting there because I need that time. I need that quietness so I can really focus on you, Lord. Maybe you start with 10 minutes. And the devil says, look, it's not working. They just say, no, I'm coming back. Hallelujah. I'm coming back. I'm going to hear from God. Hallelujah. The one who persists is the one who's going to get the answer. The one who continues is the one who's going to see the change. Hallelujah. We have to have faith. And then that five minutes, ten minutes will become a half an hour. And pretty soon you won't even know where the time went. You'll be lost in his presence. And I cannot describe to you unless you felt it. And I know many of you have. The beautiful presence of God and the power and His nearness. It's as if you think, I don't need anything in this life. Lord, I'm ready to go to you right now. Amen? You're so lost and wrapped up in His presence. It's not that you're trying to escape. Even when you have your full health. When your family's doing fine. The job is paying wonderfully. Your bank account is growing. Your property is expanding. Your friends love you. You're on top of the world. Especially then. Everything is going well. It's the high point in your life. And you get along with God and you pray. The presence of the Almighty God is so overwhelming that you say, God, I'm ready to leave everything if I can be with you right now, Lord. Nevertheless, not my will. Thy will be done. In other words, Lord, you have work for me. You have work for me. They're shouted out from the mountaintop that you're king. You're the Lord. You're the Savior. I'm going to stay and finish the work. What a beautiful way to live. This is what God desires for each and every one of us. See, there are stages in our spiritual growth. When we are infants, we cry. And we say, I want this. Give me, give me, give me. And a good parent takes care of the child. A good parent provides a good mother, a good father wants to see the child happy. Only a bad parent wants to see the child cry and suffer. A good parent wants the good, the best. But you see the stages of growth, the child grows up. And then the parent has to tell the child, it's not about you. The whole world doesn't revolve, revolve around you. You need to consider the next person. I gave you the food, you're full, but you can't leave the dishes where they are. 
because somebody else has to come and sit over there and use the dishes. See? They start getting out of that selfishness. Christians are called to look at Jesus and say, Lord, how do you mean for me to grow? And as we grow, our time with God will change. Our prayers will change. We'll begin to pray what? God's will. And the best part is, within God's will, somebody thinks, you know, God's will means I have to go to Africa to preach the word or to some remote village in India or to the Amazon somewhere. Within God's will is your healing. Amen? Within God's will is your liberation from depression. Amen? Within God's will is your freedom from fear. Because how can I go and preach and tell the good news if I'm always thinking about bad news? If I always have doubts? God wants to fix us. We may not be perfect in the sense of how we will be when we see Jesus finally. But we need to have a level of maturity where Lord, all I want is your will. You see the difference? On the one hand, we say, Lord, can you make my marriage better? It's God's will. But it's limited. God cares. Lord, can you get through to my loved one? They don't want to hear about you. That's God's will. He cares. Lord, can you give me healing? Definitely God's will. He cares. Lord, can you change me? so that I can please you. See the progress? Within my sphere, the things that I need right now, which God cares about, He will give it. But He's looking for another goal, something bigger than healing of the body. He wants it. He wants the soul to be in line with His will. When we spend time with God, see, they didn't have that privilege. They were in the Gentile territory. They didn't have Jesus come to the synagogues. They didn't go to the synagogues themselves. They were idol worshippers. These people in this Gentile region heard about Jesus and He came. But the moment they knew that He's there, they started crying out to Him. And you know in certain places, the Lord said like in Matthew 17, 17. Let's turn there for a moment. Matthew 17, 17. Jesus answered and said, in the situation where there was a trouble, big problem in a family, demons were just tormenting the son. This is what Jesus said. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. The Lord is the most skilled physician. Every place he went, everyone he dealt with, he was able to diagnose them perfectly because he saw right through to the roots. In this case, he says, you don't have faith in me. But in this case, notice, this place, he's in the region where people are hearing about him, He's walking in the midst of them. Look how God is so great. Now he goes to a place where they don't even know about him, except by word of mouth. 
He just steps in and immediately they go to him. How often we have a Bible. We're not desperate to read it. God has given us the word. Something they didn't even have. Not even the disciples had what we have. This word will connect us to Jesus Christ. Because this is God in the book. When we read the word, faith rises. When we spend time alone with God, faith rises. The nearness of God can be felt. That will transform your life. So that when you go out from your prayer closet, there needs to be no image or theatrics. God himself will go with you. He himself will speak through you. Hallelujah. He himself will set people free through you. How? Because you have faith. And you keep boasting in the Lord. And you keep telling people, no matter what, I know Jesus can heal. Amen? Going back to Mark chapter 7. Why I went to Matthew 17, 17 is this. In this place where they were worshipping idols, you know, some of the people, even the disciples, where they said, Lord, all of those people are going to hell, right, Lord? Number one, they don't have a synagogue. They're not Jewish. Lord, and furthermore, look, they're bowing down to images. They're immoral. They're doing this and that. Whatever they're doing. They're consulting mediums and witch doctors. They have crystal balls in their homes. People could have said to Jesus, why even go there? It's a wasteland, Lord. Can't you see they hate you? God can see what we can't see. Amen? He saw there are some people who believe I'm going there for them. There's somebody that's bound by the devil and there are people that are trusting. And when I show up, they're going to cry out to me with faith. I'm going to do a miracle. That gives us so much hope that we know even in your own life, when the Spirit of God and Jesus diagnoses us and says, this is where you failed. But in Revelation 3, this is what the Lord says, as many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. You see, the love of God. He doesn't just expose the problem to condemn us. He says it so that we can face ourselves. We can say, Lord, I need your help. I want to change. You want me to change, Lord? So do I, Lord. Show me what to do. All of this will draw us closer to the Lord. So we get to see the operation of God. It's not just a blind faith. Okay, so the Hindus have their religion, and the Muslims have their religion, and the New Ages have their thing, and you know, they have all these thousands and thousands of religions, and you just pick your flavor, whatever you like to do, whatever suits you. You want to live this way, and you find a God that will accommodate the way you live? Go ahead. Nobody judges anybody. That's true. We're not called the judge. But there is a judge. There is a judge before whom every single human being will go single file. Not with the friends and the family and the people who worship the gods together. One by one. And God will say, I came and died on the cross for you. How did you reject me? 
with such a love that I gave my blood so you can be free. How did you reject me? You can say, Lord, I want you to change my life. He didn't tell these people in Mark chapter 7 that you have no faith. That silence on that issue speaks volumes. Because for sure the Lord would have said, this region of the capitalists, just like Tyrant Sidon, you're all condemned. But you don't hear that talk here. People who didn't know God, who are not supposed to go, know God, quote unquote, they ran to him and he took them as they were. Because they had faith. Faith can make you clean. Hallelujah. How amazing that is. I don't have to clean myself up and then come to God and say, Lord, look at me. All that I've done to clean myself up. I have to take the grace of God and say, Lord, I know you can clean me. Let's go. Hallelujah. I know you can do it, Lord. Hallelujah. That faith like a mustard seed. Against all that I feel in my body, in my mind, my past, I know God is greater. Amen? God is greater than all of that put together. That today, if I believe, God will set me free. But you've got to believe. Do not come to God with unbelief. That's an insult. But you know, just like in Matthew chapter 17, the father cried out, what did he say? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, in other words, he's saying, Lord, I'm doing the best I can, Lord. I really, 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 really want to believe, Lord. But I have this thing in me that's fighting that, Lord. Will you help me, Lord? How beautiful. We can even go to God and say, Lord, this is what I really want. But this is the problem. Instead of pretending and say, Lord, I have all faith, amen. Or going to Him with no faith. If we believe that Jesus can heal, He can turn your life around. I was in Connecticut, I think I shared this before, Connecticut in the Teen Challenge with Pastor Turbo. We went there a few years ago and gave the word. And then afterwards, the cook in Teen Challenge, this muscular young man, he came out and he said, please pray for me. He was very afraid. He was very afraid. Every time we saw him, he looked so happy. And he was, because his life had changed. And he was the cook, and he said, I enjoy doing this, cooking for these brothers. He said, I have to get up early and do all that. He said, but I love it. He said, I love to serve the Lord. That particular day, his face was down. And we can feel that fear. I see that fear in him. And he said, uh, I have court tomorrow. He said, everything's against me. He said, it can change my whole life. For the worse. He said, I'm set to get 25 years. This is what he said. He didn't say what he did. and We didn't ask him. He didn't say. It didn't matter. Right there in the parking lot, we prayed. I believe she put her, laid her hands on him. We prayed together. And uh, he was still afraid. And he said, thank you. And he went away quietly. And the next time we went there, he said, the day in court, he said, God did a miracle. He said, you could hear a pin drop. He said, I was afraid. I was shaking so much. And I heard the prosecution. I heard all these things. And I, I was just praying in my heart. And he said, they threw everything out. What a miracle. Is that possible? 
because he was going to school to uh, be a, a master chef. You see, he, he was working out over there. He didn't waste time. Always humble, you know, always helpful, always respectful. His life had changed. What could he have done to get 25 years? God only knows. Maybe some of you know, I don't know. But his whole life, the next 25 years behind bars, God changed it. This is the power of God. Doesn't matter what people say or what the devil says. Have faith in God, Jesus said. That's all I'm telling you. Have faith in God. Believe in God. Believe in me. If you have faith, the mountain will move. Somebody says, but how long will it take? Often, not always, often it depends upon how much faith you have. Sometimes it's according to God's calendar where he has other things working in the background to do what? To make it even bigger. Amen? To make the, the answer and more glorious. So more people get to know. However, sometimes it's because of our faith. So the question is, how can I grow my faith? How do these people have faith? You know what happened? They just took it simply. They heard Jesus' healing on the other side. And I believe some of them could have been desperately saying and thinking, I wish he would come to our side, to our neighborhood. And maybe the devil said to some people, he'll never come here, he's Jewish. Didn't you hear him, what he said to the woman whose daughter was demon possessed? She was not a Jewess. She was not Jewish. He said, I'm not come but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Don't you get it? He doesn't like us. He said so. He came for the Jewish people. And then somebody else says, yeah, but don't you know the rest of the story? He still healed the daughter. Hallelujah. He set her free. Hallelujah. If he can set that girl free from being demon possessed, he can come here. Hallelujah. The only question is, is he going to come? Will he make a trip? The answer is yes. If you ask him. Somebody was asking. Somebody would have been longing. We need to pray. So they heard. They had a desire. And all the time they had the desire, they were thinking, it can happen, it can happen, it can happen. You see that it can happen must rise to the point where it becomes, it will happen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! That's the change. That's the difference. First of all, if it can happen, not to this boy, not to this girl, not to me. And then what happens? We hear the word of Jesus. And all of a sudden we say, I, I, think, it, I think it can happen. I think, I think so. And then, I know it can happen. I know it can happen. Why? Because he's done it before. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know he can set the person free from drugs. Cold turkey. Hallelujah. Instantly. We've seen that. Having heroin addiction, crack cocaine on the street, open, fair game for the devil to destroy, instantly set free. It's mind-boggling, but that's what Jesus does. He's done it in our church. He's done it for people all over the world. Why can't it happen to you? 
Somebody says, I'm not on drugs. Do you have fear? Fear can impair your cognition. Drugs can do it, alcohol can do it, alcohol. So can fear. Fear can make you think all wacky. You start being afraid of every single thing and, and, and actually have a whole mindset that I know this is not going to work out. Already prophesying over yourself. That's a demonic spirit. Can God set you free from that? Yes. You can live in freedom and say, I know my God is going to give me a good day. Hallelujah. Not just self-talk to psych oneself up because God is good. Amen. God is going to get me out of this. Hallelujah. It goes from, I know it can't happen. I think it can happen. I know it can happen. And then it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the formula. I know it will happen because if God cares, you see, why are we reading the Word? What value is this book? Is it a ritual? Is it something that we just do because we're Christian? This is the truth. This is what it is. This is reality. More than what we see. This is the truth. When we trust this word, this will change our reality. Hallelujah. To become the ultimate reality. To be what God has called us to be. Hallelujah. We're reading this because God is speaking to each of us to say, don't think that I don't care for you. Don't think because you turned away from me and you're back in the world and you did something really bad that I don't love you. I do love you. Hallelujah. And if you want me to, if you want me to, and you believe, I will set you free today. Hallelujah. Not tomorrow. Today. Hallelujah. I believe that with all my heart. Because God doesn't lie. He said, I'm not a man that I should lie. How many people do you know? They make promises and they go back on their word. Maybe you've done that too. You feel guilty. God never does that. God never, ever lied, never will. So when he says, I've come into your life to set you free, to give you an abundant life, fear has no place in your life, because I have said, for I have not given you a fearful spirit, I have given you another kind of spirit, spirit full of power, of love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's rise to our feet. Hallelujah. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe, you've heard enough of the word. If you believe, if you believe, the Lord says, all things are possible to him who believes. Oh, Jesus, there must be a burden. There must be a burden in your heart. There must be a burden in your heart. That, Lord, I'm bringing myself today. Right before you, Lord. If you can cure diseases, if you can cure people who are possessed, oh, my God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. I know you can do it today. My belief. Can we shut down the voice of Satan right now? Every doubt that is trying to come into your mind, say, get out in Jesus' name. Get away in Jesus' name. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe the Lord can set me free. 
I believe he can turn my son around. He can turn my daughter around. He can turn my nephew around. He can turn my niece around. He can turn my mom and dad around to have a living, vibrant, happy fellowship with Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about them at all because they are walking with God. You know what? Faith sees before your naturalized faith. Hallelujah. There's such a fear that the devil brings that when we have a diagnosis, whether spiritual or physical, and we're so used to looking at the stats, and then we consult the Google, and we look at the levels. It's not wrong to do that when God said to do it, but we need to know that's not reality compared to the ultimate reality. God, I want your will in my life. How many times we've prayed, Lord, if some numbers are too high, will you bring them down, Lord? If some numbers are too low, will you raise them up, Lord? Has God done it for you? I've seen it happen. God has done it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God comes and commands death to get out and death leaves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray, but we're going to praise God. An expression of faith is to praise God even when you don't feel it. Even if you have pain. To press through and say, Jesus, since when did you ever say, if you have pain, you don't have to praise me. You're exempt. You can go sit on the side. When you get better, come back and praise me. Is that what God said? No. He said, show your faith. When you feel dizzy, Say, in the name of Jesus, I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. I will be well. Thank you, my God. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Shema. Hallelujah. You're my all in all. Thank you, Jesus. You are my banner. You are my victory. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are my healer. You're my peace. Hallelujah. So many people in the world, they may have six, seven-figure income. Yes. Everything they can want. They're going around with no peace. You can't buy peace. Hallelujah. But Jesus gives it free. Hallelujah. So we can be content. We can be full of His joy. Money cannot buy happiness. No. There are people who are physically healthy too. God bless them. But they're not spiritually healthy. God says, He came to set the captives free. He came to give total healing. Spirit, mind, and body. Hallelujah. Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing for me. Thou hast put off my sackcloth. Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing for me and girded me with gladness. To the end my glory may sing praise unto thee. I'll not be silent. Oh, Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee. 
forever. We're in the house of God. God is right here. God is here. The Holy Ghost is here. The Father is here. Jesus is here. He said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, God says, I promise you, I am there in the midst of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's here to heal us. He's here to heal us. He's here to turn our situation around. Hallelujah. With his mighty power. I believe it. I believe it. Thank you, Lord. 